what my homie Mike P say. Roll the windows up when I get in the car. And I'm a light one up. Hit the gas station, go and buy a cigar. And we can smoke this blind. Speed it on the sunset, strip in the nighttime, yeah. Trying to get fucked up. Hey, roll the windows up when I smoke and drive. I'm to the grave with this. I learn how to roll a joint before I shave the shit. Yeah, it's seventh grade and shit. I was smoking OG cushion, lemon haze and shit. Bad as fuck, I had it tucked inside my backpack in the front. My daddy found it in a month. He kicked me out, he had enough. So I got up, I'm in the kitchen. What the? Hey, what's going on, Meg? Nothing, how are you? Not too bad at all. How's your David husband uh, handling um, the whole coronavirus thing, Ben? How's what? Been holding, uh, handling the whole coronavirus thing, Ben, over there. I mean, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. Nothing Not... you can do about it, you know? So yeah. It's like, I mean, it is what it is, so. Absolutely. Well, I'm already recording. I got everything set up here. Sorry, it took me a second. Um, I was literally like scrambling yeah, to late. get my stuff. I know. <laughs> a second, a minute late. I'm just kidding. Uh, bust my balls here. I'm so um, it gave me an extra minute to like charge my phone because I'm only on like. 30%. Yeah. No, I was actually kind of worried about the same thing here. So the all the devices and like the equipment that I have set up here, basically, um, I can't charge my phone while I've done a podcast. But like mm-hmm. some podcasts that I've done in the past, um, basically, I've like almost ran out of battery on. <clears throat> so I like always yeah. have to make sure. Like my phone is 100% charged up and everything. So, but, um, well, I mean, you're still able to train cause you've got your whole huge, like garage gym basically going on there. That's right. I'm basically, I'm calling myself the doomsday prepper, but like for, but you actually military. weren't, you weren't prepping for doomsday because no, absolutely not. But I'm, but I'm prepared, but you are prepared, <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> the thought strong. when you bought all the equipment, but Hey, you know, like <sighs> for nothing else, but just, uh, but I'll be strong. Yeah. But you're, you're lucky though, because you know, I don't, I've been hearing things about people, uh, trying to buy gym equipment now and like mm-hmm. the price of bumpers and just like weight plates have like gone up, you know? Like I've looked really? at, yeah, well, apparently, yeah. And I even have some friends that, um, they haven't been able to sell, uh, gym equipment before, but now, now they can just yeah, because sure. people well, need to work out still, or there are people that are diehards and they, they're trying to train, you know? So many places are either sold out or they're ha- like having trouble shipping obviously right now mm-hmm. and, or they're like rogue just isn't cause they've now switched their production. Mm-hmm. So they're not even shipping any gym equipment they're only producing masks and medical supplies so you know they're a huge supplier obviously they're expensive but they're a huge supplier of gym equipment that people would normally go to you know yeah so it's really interesting i mean i feel really solid about my choice my choices Mm -hmm. in in buying gym equipment early on you know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) do you have your do you have your clients do you have your clients over there no 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 do you, mm-hmm. you just meet them over at your uh, your workplace, basically? Well, not right now. Do you mean well, in not general? Right now. Like yeah, right just now. in general, like oh, before. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. in general, in general, yeah. in general. Yeah, some of them. It depends. Not all of them, but some of them will come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I thought you meant right now. I was like, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, no. Are you out of your freaking mind, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but like, anyways, yeah, like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about this. I mean, I've 
talked to you several times. I mean, I kind of know your story, but um, for like all the listeners and anyone who cares to listen to this podcast, um, is I wanted to ask, you know, I wanted you to tell your story. So we'll start with that. So um, what's the Meg story and like how did you get started uh, into fitness? I know you're, um, you started out with kind of like Ironman and like marathon running originally and that's what you started with or uh so yeah let her rip yeah i mean geez okay where do you want me to start here i basically started popping out of the womb as as running around you know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> i kid i kid but like not really mm-hmm. um i think i literally well one was like born <laughs> with an athletic figure except i was a super chubby baby but mm-hmm. like you know, like here I am baby coming out and the doctor's like, Oh, this one's going to be a great football player. Cause my shoulders are so wide. And they're like, and my mom's like, it's a girl. So <laughs> probably not. Um, but I just like from growing up, which I feel like, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people was always super active in playing sports and got involved in gymnastics early, which I think is such a great <laughs> has drawbacks, but such a great yeah. uh, <laughs> sport for, mm-hmm. Females, especially when I was growing up, because I would say it's probably back then one of the only sports that included like upper body strength for females um, and explosive strength for females. Mm. Um, and I think that carried over into a lot of the, the things that I've been able to do now, because um, I feel like I started off with such a larger background and like basically have been GPPing the crap out of my life for 27 years before I started lifting. Um, you know, played soccer through college. And then, yeah, I started running and I started with half marathon pretty much right when I graduated college. And then I ran 10 marathons did three Ironmans and then started, found my way, you know, onto a powerlifting platform. Yeah. So like when you were like, so like when you were training like Ironman, was there something about like running that you almost got tired of, or you're just like, you're just like, I just feel like trying something different and you went and tried it and you're like, Hey, maybe I like this more. So I always lifted. Um, I always saw the benefit of lifting from when I started. So I really, I would say I really got into the weight room in college. I'd lifted before college, but really got into it in college because I needed it. I mean, I was definitely not in terms of college soccer, not the most skilled player and undersized. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm only five, two. And, um, you know, like, on a college soccer field, I was usually one of the shortest people. Um, and I also was not as jacked as I am now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew that I needed to use what I could to my advantage. And for me, that was a hundred percent my athleticism and my strength. Like I was always one of, if not the strongest people on my soccer team and Mm -hmm. typically one of the fastest as well. And that's when I kind of like fell in love with the weight room. So even when I was training for Ironman, I still lifted, just not for like one rep max, not really? for like one arm. Oh, that's strength. cool then. Yeah. So you're you're always like, just kind of like doing some like general, whatever, exactly. just like gym bro stuff basically. Yeah, like lots of, and honestly, I since I went to school for like exercise science, I was very methodical or thoughtful about it in the sense of like, okay, I'm training for endurance events endurance event right like these ultras basically so like Mm -hmm. a lot of single leg stuff a lot of explosive things like trying to stay healthy um i actually made the switch completely after i was training for a marathon and i i don't know exactly what i did it was definitely an overuse thing but hurt my hip 
and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And the only thing that didn't bug me was benching and squatting. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, so you think that you think that like the running and the um, like your hip being bothered that would almost like affect your squatting, but it didn't. I know. Nope, not at all. But I couldn't deadlift. Oh wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like the hinging really bugged me, but since I'm a very upright squatter, mm-hmm. then it didn't bug me. Um, so that's when I kind of transitioned into powerlifting. And I would say the first year that I powerlifted, I did both things. I didn't run a marathon after that, like never got back up to that distance because I would always be in pain. But like I still ran a fair amount and but I was competing in powerlifting and I wasn't running races anymore. Um, mm. and that's when I kind of like switched over to the to the dark side, if you will, the, the dark, dark side of powerlifting. The dark side, the light yeah. side, depends on how you look at it, whatever. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and haven't stopped since, so <laughs> and now, here we and now, are. And here we are. So like, um, and then, so you were in powerlifting for how long before, you know, you took on weightlifting as well? Because you did, I don't question. think you took on weightlifting until you um, – started doing juggernauts training for the most part or working with max pretty much yeah Yeah. so i was weightlifting for about a month before that and then i met Mm -hmm. max at the arnold in 2018 Mm -hmm. um and i actually got hurt at that meet so i ended up taking like a month or a month and a half off or something and then i started working with max from juggernaut and it was like a very slow build back into both powerlifting and weightlifting when i started because i i was hurt which i think was like a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. um Mostly because, well, you've seen me yeah. a year ago, weightlifting yeah. and powerlifting. And if one thing is certain, even now, mm-hmm. I am not limited in weightlifting by my strength. No, definitely um, not. No, you smoke but, every single clean you do. I'm like, put some more freaking weight on the bar. Like, <laughs> I know, you, I know you're gonna smoke it. Like, but when you go to do it, like, you're gonna absolutely smoke every single lift. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see clean jerk 120. Right, that'd be sick. I think, but here's the thing like, I'm at the point now where, like, I'm starting to believe, like, yeah, that's gonna happen someday, but back Mm -hmm. then, no way. Uh And I think sometimes, too, if I like, obviously, sucks being hurt, but like, if I wasn't hurt and was able to just kind of throw weight on the bar, Mm -hmm. it would have ended up being a detriment to my weightlifting long run because I would have just been muffling stuff Mm -hmm. way longer, you know. But like, having to basically lift no weight because I couldn't, like kind of brought me back to earth <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> like, i know that feeling yep so what like what, let's figure this out so what's your experience been with injury and like how have you you know come back from it every single time because i mean i've had my share of injuries but i'm curious to hear about like how you've you've handled it i've had since i've been i this is they're all related to my hips if you oh, really boy. um when I was running, it was my left, my left side, but after that, it's all been my right side. Um, the first one lifting was like my SI joint and it was very like acute, like third pull of the meat. Um, that was pretty terrible. Um, it was a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was one of those things, um, that I didn't know exactly at first what it was. Cause it was almost like your whole back locked up. Um, yeah. so I hate that for feeling. a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you like, can't even, you're like, is it my back? Is it my hip? You don't know what it is. Was it, was it so like the, the pain that you got, was it very sharp? And then you felt like you almost couldn't walk sort of. Yeah. Like effort, oh yeah, super God, sharp. Yeah. And then it was almost like I was going to mm-hmm. pass out. Yep. You know? I don't know about and that. I, like, I haven't had anything that intense. Sounds like yours is pretty bad. 
but yeah, then it's like, can, like, it, can I walk? You know what I mean? Like, I remember putting the weight down. I was like, am I going to be able to walk off of here? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But um, so that, again, kind of like brought me back down to earth because I felt like I was seeing such fast progress powerlifting and like my numbers were increasing rapidly. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you obviously go try to pull something and you yeah. get hurt. In a lot of ways, it kind of reminds you like, oh, right. Like I am human. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, I think it's okay to, you have to take that step back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um like there's only so much stress you can put on your body over and over and over again and expect it to perform that sometimes I think it forces you to like take that step back. And sometimes that sucks because you don't want to, but you don't lose all that time of all that, all those, all those uh, Mm -hmm. training sessions, productive training sessions you Mm -hmm. could be having. Mm -hmm. Because really, I think at the end of the day for people that are in it for a long time. So I think this, that, First thing is injuries is a huge separator. And if you really love the sport or if you just kind of like it and like, you're okay moving on. Like that was me and running. I was okay moving on, mm-hmm. you know, but I found myself not okay moving on with powerlifting and weightlifting for that matter. So, okay. Then the name of the game is the healthier you can stay and the longer you can stay healthy, the more progress you're going to make and the more weight you're going to be able to lift. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like my goal after that. Um, like I really took my time in building back and mm-hmm. um, that kind of actually led me into my, when I first won nationals for powerlifting and, and then led me to like worlds for powerlifting um, mm-hmm. and like a really great year. And then, you know, I got hurt again. <laughs> yeah. That but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if I think back on that year, am mm-hmm. I necessarily surprised that after it, when like, okay, like I was so focused, like eye on the prize of this one thing for so long that Mm -hmm. after that was over, that like I somehow wound up with like a back injury, like not necessarily, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like I never, after I went to Worlds for powerlifting, like never took that step back. I probably should have stepped back for longer than I did. I went right back to training, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because that's what I do. Um, And wound up, I think I sprained my back to be honest, Um, Mm. that the right side of my back but again it just takes time and it's funny I was just talking to someone else about this and I was like yeah you know it's like even though I know like sprain my side joint like understand that you need to take time off to come back it's like okay I go and you know sprain my back and then it's like I'm training for nationals I can't stop training and all I'm doing is making it worse mm-hmm. you know it's like you're fighting against yourself and until I got through that meet like I couldn't take that step back yeah it is what it is, but I think that's also what makes us competitors, you know, and makes people want to compete. Yeah, because you want to keep getting better all the time, um, mm-hmm. 100%. And uh, so, so like, um, what about, like, in terms of, you know, like, do you have, like, a go-to thing that you do? Like, if, if something gets tight, do you, like, go see a massage therapist? Do you go to the chiropractic? Like, what do you do typically? Or, or what oh, will you start doing? Oh, I'll do doing? it all. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll be in, de- I'll be in denial in the sense of I'll still complete my training, even if I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I can relate to that I so much. Been, I have been way better at acting earlier. So mm-hmm. like if I do feel something, especially if it's something that's been an issue yeah. in the past, I'll mm-hmm. go see PT like early, Yeah. you know, and I'll like do dry needling early. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll do, I do like stretch and foam roll and stuff every night, but like, mm-hmm. I'll be more specific about it and like being good at 
doing all of like, you know, my bracing drills and hip drills and training. Um, so that I'm much better about, but you know, not the stopping training thing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Like, yeah, I feel like that's the thing. It's like the second you feel like something's maybe sort of off, you go do that thing. That's like really going to like remember things like for you, it's maybe seeing your, uh, PT person. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. what I've always been doing like for the course of like over the past year, um, I mean, I'm going on a year of not having had any injuries, hiccups or whatever, but I've had times where I've just been adjusting myself in my car and I've had that like sharp pain. I'm like, Oh, what the frick? And I'm like, not even squatting any weight or anything. But what I've been doing is I've been going to see a massage therapist and it's like a very super deep tissue massage. And it's like not even relaxing, but the whole time it's, it's, it's like very painful They get in really deep. And then they put, um, these hot stones on my back and they mm -hmm. rub me with those like and mm -hmm. it, it's so hot but it feels so good and um I mean I've done that and it's like cleared up and then like in a day or two I'll feel like really good so I don't know if you've had any experience with that but I um I'm a big big fan of massage <laughs> really yeah yeah for sure and I, I especially like detail. like I'm not going there for like a Mm -hmm. Like a, you know, relaxing massage. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> clearly, clearly, I have trouble relaxing. You know, yeah, like frick, I gotta do this. <laughs> yeah, like you know, if I'm going there, I want it to work. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you know what's? Um, um, yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I just I think like it is so important. Like if you're essentially asking so much of your body over and over again to do the best to take care of your body. Mm hmm. 100%. So do you think that, that like, um, you know, I've, I've been training super total this year, I've been getting into powerlifting and everything. So do you think, and I like I've seen the benefits? Um, do you think there's like a huge, and like, even my coach has has been trying to train like powerlifting, like, in unison with weightlifting? Do you think that it really helps? I feel like it's almost like, um, it's like really helped me, like, especially from my pulling off the floor, like, um, but you've already, you've already been in powerlifting for a long time. So, I mean, do you think super total is something that maybe is like super beneficial for weightlifters to be doing like from a weightlifting side or. So I think it, it it's probably funny because we're coming at it from two different perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. You, you're coming at it from how it's helped your weightlifting. And I always think about it as how it helps my powerlifting. Yeah. Um, obviously I am a better powerlifter than I am weightlifter and picking up weightlifting has given me back. If you want to say that, or has again, made me like one, one, something I think is, you know, like my strongest attribute and that's just being athletic. So mm -hmm. like weightlifting has made me so much more athletic than when I was just powerlifting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's definitely helped me be, you know, more explosive in my powerlifting, but also mm -hmm. stay like healthier too. Yeah. Interesting. So um, what's your process been for like, uh, learning the only lifts? I know I've talked to you a little bit about it before and you said you've watched some videos. Um, but, uh, so like, but what's your process been overall for like, you know, obviously weightlifting is the newer sport for you. Um, mm -hmm. how you been learning it? So I started off, um, for the first month or so I was weightlifting. I was at like a local gym. Um, so that's how I initially like started. But then since then, it's just been, I've been working with Max. So largely like I'll send him videos and then he'll give me feedback and then 
kind of go from there. Um, so people ask me all the time. I mean, I definitely think weightlifting is a way more technical sport than powerlifting. Mm-hmm. So I do think people will ask me like, Oh, I want to start weightlifting. Like what should I do? And I think it depends where you're at, you know, in your maturity level as an athlete. Um, like if you're new to athletics in general, I think that it's very valuable to have hands-on feedback, like that immediate feedback and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, cause I am a little bit, <laughs> I can be a little bit type A, type A about things and like want to see progress really fast. I think in a way like removing that for weightlifting has been beneficial because it's allowed me to just like be okay with the process and be patient about it. Um, mm. and only focus on one thing. So like not getting kind of analysis by paralysis. Um, because like you said, like, yeah, I would be able to stand up a clean that's 120 kilos, but I cannot mm-hmm. clean 120 kilos. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like knowing that and understanding that, but then also just respecting the process mm-hmm. um, and just taking ownership of it. But I think if you were brand new in general to strength, then it would be so helpful to have that hands-on, like immediate feedback. And I think that's almost key. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So like when um, I was almost thinking this year, so like with this whole COVID like 19 thing going mm-hmm. on, like has that changed your goals at all? Or like what, what are your goals for this year in terms of, you know, powerlifting or weightlifting or, are you focusing on more one or the other for this year? Um... Um, well, pretty much the whole calendar for the year has changed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't so... even know, like, when the next – it's going to be possible to sign up for another meet. Like, I saw I there's, like, this online stuff that um, mm-hmm. USAW is considering, or maybe they're already going to do it, but mm-hmm. – Yeah, to qualify for nationals. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was planning on doing um, – USAW nationals, USAPL nationals, USAW nationals is obviously way different than December. Um, before obviously it's in May. So, mm-hmm. um, the USAPL is usually in October. That's probably my guess would be going to stand, but who knows, you know, mm-hmm. um, they've already changed. They've changed obviously all of the meets basically now through, I would say June. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. Something like that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I'm at a point where like, I'm just going with the flow. Like I'm very appreciative of all of the like experiences that I've had over the past couple of years. And like, I'm at a point where I want to be competitive and I want to do my best, but I also want to have fun with the process. Mm-hmm. So I do want to do it for a long time. And I do think I can get better at both things Hell too. Yeah. Like I want to have fun with it. Cause I don't think, you know, like, at some point, if you're not having fun with it, you're not going to do it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, in terms of, like, the process and where you're at in your training, so, like, how are you how are you structuring structuring your training, like, throughout, um, like, the rest of this year? Or just, like, how have you gone about it? What's changed about it? What's, what's your approach to it? Um, what has that been like? Well, I pretty much will just do whatever Max tells me. Um, <laughs> but then I also like to add in my own, you know, mm-hmm. craziness um, and accessories and cardio. But um, I mean, right now, anyways, I'm coming off of me. So I'm in a very general phase um, mm-hmm. with much more variation. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all of a sudden have a bajillion reps, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And honestly, I think because either, either of the things that I would do at this point are pretty far away that I can kind of wait to see how the things fall in a couple of months. And if, mm-hmm. if the meets at the end of the year are going to stay where they are, then kind of plan around those. Um, but usually in general, mm-hmm. when I do like a powerlifting and a weightlifting meet, I'll usually do like a weightlifting meet. And then a couple of weeks later, do a powerlifting meet. So I'm usually doing both sports, obviously simultaneously. That's what yeah yeah and just peaking for the meets um and i have definitely found that doing like a weightlifting meet and then a couple weeks later doing a powerlifting meet has worked really well for me Mm -hmm. in terms of doing well in both meets yeah 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 no definitely <laughs> you know when you're doing when you when you try to do both in 24 hours typically one week will suffer <laughs> yeah but it's still fun mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um which i mean i guess that's kind of a lot of what i mean when i say it like okay i did the arnold and like i made the decision to do weightlifting and powerlifting at the arnold right mm-hmm and I didn't originally think they were going to be within 24 hours, but they were yeah. because I so have a is, schedule. Now. Is super total like an official thing at the Arnold? Like, no, th- is it's just like okay, I did powerlifting and weightlifting in a week, and so therefore it's it's super total. Yeah, you know? pretty much. I mean, some meets are, they do have super total meets. They're just not that common. Yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. there's one. There's a big one in Atlanta. I know there's one in Buffalo that are like they're both sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to do two hour weigh-ins for them. Um, which obviously the Arnold, they're both sanctioned. You have to do two hour weigh-ins. Um, but I basically went into it, obviously expecting, uh, I was going to have the two greatest needs of my life, but also realistically knowing that even if I didn't, like I was okay with that. Cause like I was going to enjoy myself. So like, I hit a wall, hard wall, <laughs> on, <laughs> on, on like my bench and deadlift. Um, and like, it was okay. Like I wasn't mad about it, you know, like by my training, I should have had a much bigger bench and deadlift, but I was just gassed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. No, roll with the punches, I guess. So, mm-hmm. so how many, how many Arnold's have you done at this point? You did 2018, 19, did you, you did nineteen twenty. So I did 2018 was my first Arnold and I only power lifted. And then mm-hmm. that's when I met Max. And then 2019, 2020, I did weightlifting and powerlifting. Mm-hmm. What was the Arnold like this year? Like the whole venue? It was a ghost town, huh? There, oh, yeah, there's no one there. It was really strange. No one there. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. And I mean, there was, pe- there were some people there, but like nothing like usual. And there was no expo, which. You that's know, like the that's the of heart people. of it yeah the expo is like right. the heart of it like that's what everyone looks forward to right so it was it was honestly it was kind of just like rather than being like the arnold it was almost just like another meet you know mm-hmm. like yeah there were a couple fans and like whatever and you could, obviously all the competitors were there um yeah. but there was no craziness around it right no it wasn't like the super pumped amped up atmosphere Exactly. So awesome. So, just out of curiosity, when you went to your first Arnold, um, were you doing that? Uh, were you there kind of like independently with just yourself and your hubby? 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, yeah. and you didn't know Max, Ada or anything before you got uh -uh. there. So like, how did, no. how did you meet him? Like what, what was going on? Do you, do you guys see each other in the warm up room area or? So I was in the same session as Kristen Dunsmore and mm -hmm. Chad coaches Kristen. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Chad coaches Kristen and Marissa and Marissa was competing at the same time. So they were kind of like switching off back and forth. Um, so Chad actually, I saw Chad first and he started talking to me and then introduced me to Max when he came over because he was like, are you doing weightlifting? And I was like, yes. And he's like, <laughs> you should talk to Max. And I was like, okay. Um, so it didn't take much convincing because I was literally just trying to take a weightlifting program and a powerlifting program and, and do both of them. Yeah. Which is not sustainable. Yeah. No, definitely. You know? It's hard. It's hard to figure out. Like if you try to mix both of those together, it's hard mm -hmm. for sure. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it. I feel like, you know, um, it's so funny. It's like you can be coaching people and then you can give, you know, one person uh, a set of things to do because you're kind of watching them and you're seeing like everything it is that they're doing. But when it comes to like analyzing yourself, it's almost harder because you just want to do what it is that, that you want to do basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just harder to write a plan out for it. It's so much harder because you really can't, you really can't be objective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as much as you want to, and sometimes you'll be good at it, it's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, um, cause there are times where I, you know, or any athlete wants to go harder than they should cause they think that they should. And if they don't, they won't hit their goals. Right. Which yep. just usually isn't true. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, there's also times where you kind of need to be told like, no, you can hit that number. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like that's Absolutely. totally doable. And having someone else tell you that. Mm -hmm can be game changing because yeah, you can absolutely. tell yourself that yeah but having someone else tell you that and like really believe uh -huh. that can be game changing absolutely i've even just seen it with some of my buddies like here um just training like in my basement they'll come over they'll they'll be really strong and I, like i'll ask them be like now what's the most you've ever cleaned or whatever and they'll be like ah oh, this number like something arbitrary and i'm like have you ever tried to clean anything more before and like no, we'll be warming up. You're like, such a bad influence. Mom. Yeah, I know. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person. But no, like uh, for example. But no, like we'll warm up with squats first, and then we'll all be squatting together. And then like for whatever reason, this this person had not, uh, they hadn't cleaned over two twenty five before. But this isn't always true. But he was athletic. He was fast. He had an idea of how to clean, and um, he was hitting like two sixty five for like a set of ten. And I was like. Bro, you could definitely at least clean 225, 245. You're plenty fast enough. Um, and he had like a pretty good grasp on the clean movement. And I was just like, the only thing that all I had to do is tell him like, hey, you can hit this weight. You're strong enough. You're fast enough. The form is there. You just need to go and tell yourself you can do it. But I think that's exactly right, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I mean... Sometimes it's uh, it's also nice if you're writing mm -hmm. so many if you're writing so many programs for other people like not having to worry about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's like it's like the painter's house, if you will. Mm -hmm. So have you have you enjoyed? Um, I mean, because you're a coach yourself. I mean, I don't know exactly what your job title is. I know you work. Uh, what's the name of the place you work at again? Healthworks. Healthworks. I I'm a fitness director, so. It really doesn't tell you much, but I basically 
um, lead a fitness team of like 22 trainers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty lit. Yeah. It's not bad. It's a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you, so then you have them, um, mm -hmm. and then you have your own individual people that you still work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have my own like online coaching business that's very much specifically, um, mm -hmm. powerlifting or <clears throat> at least like people that want to get strong. Right. So I would say like two thirds of them compete and the other third is like, I just want to be strong. Um, mm -hmm. which is great because I like, I really love doing that. And that's, it's like to have a, a niche like that, you either have to really go out on your own and just make it happen or obviously work for a company that does it. Um, mm. so yeah, I started doing it probably like five or six years ago at this point. I don't remember. Um, and obviously it's, it's been geared more towards powerlifting in the last three years or so, but, um, yeah, it's a good time. That's awesome. And then, um, like kind of your, a career like I know you so you were you've always been in exercise science so you studied exercise science in school you finished with that and did you go right to working into fitness so yes but no <laughs> like yes in the sense of I pretty much started in college like training um mm -hmm. I did an internship at like sports a sports and conditioning facility uh when I graduated I trained um like did personal training and was always involved in that in some mm -hmm. regards in different ways, both with like one-on-one -on -one stuff. And then also like sports uh, strength and conditioning for athletes. Um, I did it full-time sometimes, but I also like, like I taught high school for two years, but I also did training stuff on the side. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it took me a little while to like finally just commit that this is what I actually enjoy. And this is what I'm passionate about. So it was after I taught college for two years, I started like my own business and mm -hmm. rented space out of a warehouse for a year and then opened up my own studio for a year. And wow. then since then I've pretty much been online. Yeah, I know. But see, now that's coming out, you know how you basically could probably know how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, Literally. you're like, Oh shit. Oh, I can't ask uh, that. <laughs> um, and now pretty much all online outside of like, you kind of mentioned before, like, um, some of my athletes will come to the gym in my garage. That's bomb. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a journey, but it's been one that's definitely led me to where I want to be. So not necessarily the straightest route, mm -hmm. but the right one. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's never, it's never always straight. So um, yeah, right? what, what are your thoughts on um, like, if you take someone because obviously you're going to get different people that come in at different skill levels. How would you talk to someone that's coming in to lift um, that's never touched a barbell in their life before and they're looking to get started in powerlifting? Uh, how would you tell them to start training? And how would you tell like the more like um, advanced like weightlifter to start training? Like how would you program for them versus like the beginner, I guess? Mm -mm. So, I mean, beginner – and th that's a great question because there's beginner powerlifter and then there's beginner beginner. And I've had mm -hmm. both like yeah. someone that's literally never even lifted before. And now they've gone and competed and they're pretty strong. Right. And I've had people that like, yeah, maybe I've touched a barbell, but I'm a beginner powerlifter. Mm -hmm. Even though they're both beginners, they're two very different beginners. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the beginner, the beginner, usually I don't even let them touch a barbell and then they're confused, right? That's all mm. they want to do is touch yeah. a barbell. But it's like, no, you need to build that general strength. And typically that's going to first come through making sure you can do the movements right. um, in general. And mm. then like, you know, with using dumbbells, kettlebells, like goblet squats, chest press, shoulder press, like basics. Like super um, beginner, beginner, the, like almost mm-hmm. doesn't even have an athletic background really or even – Exactly. Okay, okay. And I think that's something that is, picture. is becoming more common because strength sports in general are more popular. Yeah. So people that maybe didn't do any sports growing up, maybe have never been in a weight room, yeah. now are seeing they can compete in something and they can do it themselves and it's yeah. be super badass, which is all true. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like that's kind of their entry point and then you have like people who have been under the barbell and just are a beginner in general mm-hmm. um i think for them like same thing they're gonna need a little bit higher volume more accessories but mm-hmm. they're under a barbell they're squatting they're benching they're deadlifting mm-hmm. um if they are I, I have had like a couple of people cross over if you will from weightlifting to powerlifting um oh, okay. and typically I know, right? (laughs) 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 Bringing people over. Yeah. Um, Typically, they'll need to work on their bench a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's for sure. But they'll have very strong legs. Mm -hmm. So there's a flip side to it, right? Like, usually their squats are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, But their bench needs some help. Uh, So I think the important part is just meeting people where they're at. Mm Mm-hmm like understanding getting a full picture of where they're at um kind of in the like if you want to say like training age both physically and mentally right um yeah i feel like people totally cast out the whole mental part like Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people will start and um i mean some people are you know are very strong-willed and i mean that's almost like not even a problem for them like doing the work but then there are some that you know come in and they're not used to like the workload or whatever, and knowing that, you know, this is something that they can handle, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain to people. And I think sometimes it's, you know, probably social media and that you see typically speaking highlight reels and that you may see that someone just appears out of nowhere that, and they're super strong that yep. it happened overnight. Yep. And yep. that's never the case, uh-uh. but it's hard sometimes to explain to someone because it does seem like the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I like started powerlifting and went to my first nationals and did pretty well, it was like, Oh, she came out of nowhere. And it was like, well, not no, real. I did just like, fall out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, like, I just started powerlifting, but I've, mm-hmm. you know, been in athletics and been lifting for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and just like explaining that patience piece of it, because I think sometimes there's something to be said for, testing your limits and like testing your strength and not being afraid of putting weight on the bar. But there's also something to be said for being patient. Yep. Um, and kind of, again, like just respecting the whole process of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you about this cause I, um, in terms of like getting a bigger bench, like what's the, what, what would you have to say for So I can't get an arch like, what the heck, Walter? When I bench. No, I can't get it. I don't know what the deal is, but it does, it's not like a huge deal because I'm, I'm okay at bench pressing, but um, like... But you don't bench more than me yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's like, how, like, 
do you think it's just easier for some people to have an arch when they're bench pressing or, or like for some people it's just not natural or like i don't know yeah, if i could bend I like think, that for sure i think that some people are more anatomically made to arch right mm-hmm. um like I find like I have a long torso and a big rib cage. Like I'm literally set up to have a great arch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also okay. been doing back bends since I was like three years old. So mm. um, I also have like built in flexibility. However, for sure, some people are like, if you have a shorter torso, like likely not going to have as big of an arch. Um, but the other thing is I feel like, even people that don't have a big arch, you can always improve on the tightness of it. So maybe you're not going to be like this huge rainbow on the bench, but you can yeah. be tighter in that position and that will be more helpful than trying to get into a bigger arch it will kind of put you in a bigger arch but it's almost two different thoughts Mm. right like rather than trying to like fill this huge arch and sit on the bench you're trying to like literally tighten all of the muscles and like your lats and driving through your feet and your glutes and all those things on the bench and making that system as tight as possible and as stable as possible yep will help you more right so what about what about like a, a very wide like I've seen you you take a freaking huge mm-hmm. wide grip, for sure. Like have I'm you ever move seen that by the least amount as possible? Yeah, no, but like, have you ever competed with anyone who's really good at bench pressing that's had you know a much narrower grip, a mm-hmm. you know like longer range of motion? Yep, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean the biggest one that comes to mind is you know who Jen Thompson is. Jen Thompson. Can't say I do. No. Okay. If you give her a goog, give her a goog. All right. Uh, She she is a 63, competes in 63. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's 40 something Mm -hmm. now, but she benches like 320. Wow. Um, She is very unassuming in terms of just like, she's like kind of like a longer, lankier. Like she's Uh got long arms and legs. Um, And she's 320. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have a huge arch, has a pretty long range of motion, but let me tell you, that lady is built to bench. And she's been doing it forever, you know? Like uh-huh. and even when you hear her talk about it, she's just like, Yeah, like sometimes there were huge jumps and sometimes there weren't, and sometimes it was just chipping away. But yeah, she benches like three twenty. It's crazy. That's insane. That's <laughs> it really almost is. as much as my bench press that's freaking mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And she weighs how much what was her weight class, you said? uh 63 so 138 yeah that's insane but let me tell you the first the first nationals that i did go to i warmed up on the platform next to her and i was like Mm -hmm. warming up for bench (laughs) like studying like what does she do like what's the secret Uh there's got to be something to this no yeah nothing she's just sick at bench press yeah (laughs) oh my god (laughs) she's just very strong (laughs) and you said Uh, like her limbs are longer though too and she's just, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's just like, for whatever reason, she's really good at bench pressing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think about weight classes now. So I know you've, you've, um, been back and forth, what, between two weight classes, mm-hmm. correct? So like, what, correct. what have you done? Uh, what's your experience been with, you know, certain dieting things? Cause I'm sure you've probably tried, uh, many different ones at this point. Like what, what would you recommend? Um, I know everyone's going to be different, but like, what would you recommend to eat? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, in general, I do use like a macros based approach. Why I say that is like, I'm not like IFM, whatever it's called. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to fit like, like shitty foods in my macros, especially if I'm not eating that much. Yeah. Right. Seriously. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of what that one like implies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I've found that that's worked well for me. Um, and it's also allowed me to figure out what ratios are going to work best for me, especially if I'm cutting weight. That's like very important to figure out like what your body responds best to, because there are days that you're not necessarily consuming that much, but you still are going to have big training sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, hmm. I forgot what you asked me, Walter. No, so <laughs> just, no, no, no. Just like nutrition oh, stuff. Oh, like yeah. what's the best way to go? You know, like, yeah, and, and so, you know what? I was going to think about this too. I'll let you, I'll let you go on about this. And then I got another follow up question. Cause I was watching this documentary yeah. last night and I want to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, I think that's important. I think that nutrition is always important if you want to compete at an elite level, right? Like if you want to be the best you can and maximize everything, then nutrition is very important. Obviously if you're cutting weight or if you're like doing a very specific bulk, it's going to become more specific. Um, and I think that it's important to like keep track of things and find trends. Um, so yeah, it will, if you are cutting weight and maybe you start with a certain set of macros, right. For like your protein, your carbs and your fats. But if you're keeping track and you always feel terrible when your fats are very low, maybe you need to have a little bit more fat in your diet. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that it's just important to like note that everyone is an individual. Um, and when push comes to shove, no matter what you're doing and no matter what you see, um, out there in the wild the wild, wild web, if you will, like in order to lose, if you are cutting weight, in order to lose weight, you do need to be in a caloric deficit and like, it's not fun. Um, so it's funny, like I do help people with nutrition sometimes. And that's one of the first things, like usually it's people that want to cut weight. And if it's a larger amount of weight, it's something I tell them up front, like this isn't going to be fun. Like there's no way around that. And is the end goal really worth it? Because that's something you have to think about because it's not just going to affect what you're eating. It's likely going to affect like your social life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like that shouldn't, if you don't want that to happen, it shouldn't happen. Like you have to, it has to be worth it at the end of the day. Yep. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of people before they get into any sort of weight cut, um, they don't realize that it's just like there's more to it than just like, uh, you know what it is that you're eating, but it's also a character sort of uh development that has to take place as well. You just have to be so like laser focused if it's mm-hmm. especially if it's like you're going very lean, right? Mm-hmm. So like when I competed at 57, I was very lean, and I like at this point where I'm at and just mindset and competing can't believe I ever did it (laughs) right but for that year and a half that was all I thought about like I I lived eat and ate and slept like that I was going to you know compete in this weight class and that I was going to go to worlds and that I was going to try to win you know like that's all I thought about Mm -hmm. but now I'm like nope (laughs) right (laughs) like i'm good even though my end goal like i didn't complete my end goal i was still still went really far satisfied you know like i was so satisfied with the process and like ready for to like kind of move on you know like okay i'm good like to go to the next weight class now Mm -hmm. (laughs) what was your body fat percentage at when you were there no idea i should i really should have tested it but it had to be really low oh my god yeah. Like there are times where, um, cause I went from being like 
super chunky in school and then when super i graduated chunky. for whatever like when i graduated school i lost like something like crazy like 30 pounds i probably dropped like too much but i wasn't actually even really weightlifting that much but i mean the diet thing i mean i it's definitely an environment um that you have to be in uh like for that time frame that i was in like i was able to put myself in that environment where i wasn't really sacrificing much like on the weekends for example Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I think the environment is definitely something important to, to put yourself in because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be tempted to do certain things. Um, and it's going to make it hard for yourself if you're trying to, you know, achieve right. that and result. Yeah. And there's kind of like different levels of that. Right. So there's mm-hmm. like, I want to, like, I want to lose weight for health, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm overweight or obese there's that level of it and then there and that's more of like we're looking at lifestyle changes like okay like what can we do throughout your day that's going to help aid this then there might be like okay like i'm so say like say now like say i'm walking around at like 148 right and i'm like all right i'd like to lose five pounds like i want to look sick for the summer all right like i'm gonna have to pay a little bit closer attention because even walking around at 148 like my body fat's not that high. Like I hold a lot of muscle mass um, versus the person that wants to get super lean. So like if I was going 57 or like, like a, you know, like a bodybuilder competitor, I counted every single morsel that was going into my body for a year and a half. And like, there was no, there was no like yep. off button. Um, so there's like all different levels, if you will. Um, and it, it just, it really just depends like where you're at. Like you were saying, like, like that's fantastic. Like if you found a way that like during the week you you're pretty good and you feel good and on the weekend you can enjoy yourself a little bit. Yep. Like if that works for you, then that's the best option. For you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and so just out of curiosity, no. So like I'm thinking, you know, obviously the female body and the male body is completely different. I mean, um, mm-hmm. it it it, can, it consumes uh, food entirely differently. So, like, how does unfortunately, yeah, how does the uh, male body and female <laughs> body like kind of differentiate? Do you feel like you can eat almost more or just as much as your hubby? And it's like you're a woman, so you have to consume less just because you know you have that genetic predisposition where your body is just naturally going to want to accumulate, you know, more fat mm-hmm. and store it versus like a male like what's what's the what's the diet differences between the the two sexes i guess so i think it depends if you're talking about people uh well it depends on like their size obviously like if you took someone that was the same size and activity level male female like the male is going to need more inherently more calories right Mm -hmm. um but like if you're talking like me and brian yep he eats more right like probably consumes more than me but not a whole lot like our our lifestyles are different you know yep um like even at work like i'm up and down a lot at work where he like sits at work you know so right it really like there's so many factors that go into it but just looking at it on a piece of paper like if you took same age uh different genders but same age activity level weights like one body comp's going to be a lot different right yep. and like the caloric needs going to be different as well mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah, just, you know, sucks to be a small female, you know? Yeah. But I can't really complain because although I'm a small female, I I feel like I eat a lot for a small female because mm-hmm. I hold a lot of muscle mass. Yeah. For, like, 
you know, that's awesome. and for my body weight and also, but I'm, I'm also very, a very active person. So yeah. that also helps. Absolutely. Obviously. So I guess one more question here. Um, what, what is the best piece of advice you would give to women who are trying to excel and be, you know, great like yourself in the sport? Obviously you're a huge inspiration to, you know, a lot of women out there, um, men, I mean, myself included as well. Uh, what, what, what would you say, say to them? Um, I guess like the women in particular, just, you know, cause there's more of like a relation there, like in terms of getting yeah. better at the sport and really aspiring to be really good at it. What, what's the best piece of advice you would give to them? I think a couple, I think that a couple of things, like, I think one is just, you have to want to do it. And you also have to believe that you can do it. Even if it's a little outlandish at first, like whatever that goal is, like, that's yep. okay. And then I think also like finding someone that you trust to help you along, like if it's feasible for you is important. And then knowing like, it's not going to take one training cycle, right? <laughs> it's going to take many training cycles, each training cycle, you should get a little bit better. Sometimes that might not even equal a <laughs> PR total, you know, yeah. like you might not even yeah. PR total after uh -huh. a training cycle, but you're going to learn a lot. And that's the important part is like continually learning and continually just like being in the moment and like appreciating it and then like learning from it to move forward. Um, I think that no matter where you are in the process, I feel like at this point I've been in so many different, so many different like headspaces and levels with competing and different sports and even lifting in general. And it's just no matter where you're at in the process if you're at the beginning or if you're like heading towards your goal like meet is just really wanting to be there and like you know and like really like it it's your choice at the end of the day like to lift weights right like it's your choice that you want to be strong and like just like respecting that and really like going after your goal and like knowing that goals can change over time and that's okay too yeah so it's like if you really anything you want to be great at you almost have to look at the bigger picture you know you can't look at it as if you're just going to climb the hill once i mean there there are so many steps to that mm -hmm. like hill you know to climb the mountain you got to get over that first hill i guess sort of approach yeah mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's just like do it because you want to do it mm -hmm. you know know that it's going to take time and effort and like, if you, if you're not having fun, yeah, don't do it anymore. Yeah. Hell yeah. So <laughs> being the simplistic way. <laughs> so yeah. So it's the people that are in it you for know. the longest and the people that truly enjoy it and love it. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's also something to be said that like, there's no, you know, like, uh, like, I feel like a lot of times you hear like, oh, well I'll start when I'm like strong enough or whatever. And it's like, no, like. Yeah, strength is an absolute and it's a number that you can, it's very objective, but it's also very personal. Like there's like you getting stronger is more than enough, you yeah. know? So it doesn't matter what you're loading on the bar. It's a, kind of like for me, like bigger picture, like how is it improving you as a person? Right. Very true. Yeah. You know? There's so many lessons. I mean, that I feel like I've learned from weightlifting um, even just trying to, you know, dabble in a little bit of powerlifting now, um, just being under the barbell in general, strength sports, mm -hmm. it's really hardened my mind in a lot of ways, just because 
especially when, you know, you're trying to lift a lot of weight, there's a lot of focus Mm -hmm. that comes into doing it. And in that moment, it's, um, you know, uh, mind meets the body. I mean, it's like, you've got the body to do it. You've got the strength to do it. Now, can you go out and will yourself to do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy thing, you know? Mm -hmm. It is insane. Mental game. I feel like (laughs) mental game is so totally thrown out, but, um, anyways, well, that's, that's all I had here, Meg. I didn't know if there was like anything else you wanted to add here real fast, but I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this with me here this yeah. afternoon. And um, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem, Megs. I'll let you go. <laughs> See you on the other side of, of this virus. Yeah, see you on the other side. Okay.